This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 208. We are talking about making the most of your dreams with Eric Tyrone Brown today. Uh, Eric is someone I've known for a decade now. We met uh, with a mutual passion for all things regenerative uh, back at these awesome transition Bondi nights that used to happen uh, many years ago. Actually, they may still be happening Um, But it was a really beautiful place to meet a whole bunch of like-minded people um, back then, many of whom have gone on to do incredible things. And Eric has had a lifelong fascination with dreams and started to formalise his education in that space, really tune in and then help others do the same. So I'm really excited to have Eric on the show today because I know we've had some chats in the club over the years about... um, you know, dreams, what they mean. And I had the wonderful Sage Magdalene and Rebecca Wildbear on the show earlier this year talking about connecting to your dreams, your spirit, and how that can be practically uh, used to your benefit in everyday life. So it's really going to be one of those introspective uh, shows. It really helps us dig a little deeper into what's going on uh, in our dreams and uh, and how we can how we can use them when they matter, like when to listen, when to not be scared of them, uh, and and how to actually go back into a dream and make sure it's the ending you want, which I thought was super cool and what a powerful thing to do. Uh, if you think about the work of Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and, uh, and those guys, it kind of plays into that and how we can use our dreams to write something we want to then happen in our lives and how that assists us in rewiring our brain to make it more likely. It just fascinates me, that subject. Um, neuroscience is, it truly blows me away over and over again. So that, que- that conversation is coming very, very shortly. Uh, I have the all-important task of announcing our winner of the Block Blue Light Mega Sleep Giveaway. So this winner is winning a $400 pack ultimate blue blocking pack. Uh, thank you so much to Daniel from Block Blue Light for putting this together. It's it's a huge value and uh, there's definitely enough here to share with friends for this winner who had to tag a couple of friends, so that's good. Uh, but you get the premium nightfall Block Blue Light glasses uh, for nighttime uh, when you're, you know, looking at screens and things if you if you tend to watch or interact with them in the evenings. You also get the premium screen time blue light glasses for daytime. So if you work on the computer like I do, I've got my gorgeous grey ones. I love them and I really do notice a difference. Um, you've got the Deluxe Delta Sleep Mask, which is such a good sleep mask. It leaves like full room for your eye lids and your eyes so you don't feel like you're, um, you've got anything pressing against them, uh, but it's totally black in there. Very good mask. Uh, the No Blue Amber Book Light, my son loves his. The Twilight uh, Blue Blocking Torch uh, and um, the Sleep and Slound Blocking Earplugs, uh, which really are very effective earplugs if you have uh, a partner who maybe gets a bit snorry uh, every now and then. I highly recommend them. So the winner is Ashley Cara. Uh, I don't know if that's your real surname, Ashley, but your uh, Instagram tag is Ashley Cara, Ashley.cara, and you are the winner. So a huge congratulations. Um, you don't need to share with the friends you tagged, but uh, <laughs> thank you for joining the giveaway all the same. And a big reminder to every listener that Block Blue Light is giving us 15% off with the code LOWTOXLIFE for the whole rest of October. And one of my favourite things about when Block Blue Light joins us on the show 
as a show supporter is that they ship internationally and free for orders over 99 Australian. So everyone can make the most of this. So if you've been thinking, oh, I really do need to get around to blocking more of the blue light exposure that I have, I work nights, maybe you're a shift worker and you're working in hospital corridors where there's fluorescent lights in the, in the middle of the night, you know, you really want to make sure you're looking after yourself and protecting that all-important circadian rhythm and protecting our melatonin levels, keeping them healthy, allowing them to rise and blocking blue light chiefly supports that uh, biochemical activity. So we all know the benefits of melatonin. I talked about a stack of them on the show last week if you want to head back and have a little listen. Uh, But it's a very important hormone and uh, interestingly, also very good for muscle protection and muscle growth. So if that's something that you're having issues with, you feel like you can never get strong, maybe you're low in melatonin as well. Definitely worth checking out. So Block Blue Light is one of our sponsors, but this month we have two, which is so exciting. And the second one is Walida. They are back and supporting the show uh, and uh, I hope the uh, winners of last week's uh, Walita giveaways are enjoying their firming facial care sets, which were worth $221 each. Uh, a huge thank you to uh, David Cartier and all the team at Walita for providing such bountiful giveaways for the audience. It feels like I'm Oprah this month. Um, and uh, and Walita is just one of my absolute favorite low-tox brands. I was using these guys before I even knew what Lotox was. For people who are newer to the show, my auntie in Paris used to give me a bottle of the Arnica massage oil um, because I would get a bit sore as a bartender. Uh, I ran a very swanky and uh, very busy cocktail bar. And when you make 250-odd cocktails a night and you're shaking to one side of your body... Let's just say I spent a lot of time at my chiropractors in that few years uh, in uh, in the hospitality industry. And so she used to give me this uh, Arnica massage oil and it was the Walita one. And I just was obsessed with the smell of it. I just loved it. And I had obviously before bartending, had been in the fragrance industry for many years. So I'd been very familiar with fragrances, but just the synthetic ones. And this was my first foray into really smelling something. It honestly just smelt like a big fresh rosemary bush and it was just intoxicating to me and little did I know the reason I was so attracted to that was because it smelled natural it smelled real and uh, and years later when I started to understand all things low tox and started to expand my understanding of the range and the range became more available in Australia because before that Arnica massage oil wasn't available here I'm very glad it is now still one of my favorite products. Uh, and I often use it as a body oil in the winter. Um, so, so beautiful. Um, and so of course I've become a fan of many of the products in their range. And, uh, I know a lot of you guys are huge fans of the pomegranate range, which is fabulous. Um, and they've actually just launched the new pomegranate Uh, firming facial oil, which I spoke about in detail about all the different types of oils that are used in there, of which there are seven. And uh, it is a beautiful light oil. It sinks in, doesn't feel greasy or heavy on the skin, but it's incredibly nourishing. And really for me, this is the kind of thing that is perfect to add to your nighttime routine so that while you are sleeping, when your whole body and all of its processes regenerate, Uh, it's got the tools to do so to the best of its ability. It's a beautiful oil. Uh, The firming aspect is fabulous. I genuinely believe you wake up looking less tired. Uh, I would be keen to see your feedback. I've only been using it for a couple of weeks since um, the lovely team sent one to me so that I could try before I spoke about it, which of course is important. Um, but it's really good. Uh, so I would definitely recommend you using the 15% off the entire Walita range with free delivery over $49.95. And this one is for Aussies only, um, that you give the new firming facial oil from the pomegranate range a go. Uh, that 15% off, uh, makes you get sort of around $7 off that product, which is pretty cool. And your code is also low tox life. So um, those are all the sponsor offers. Feel very privileged to be able to give you guys two this month. 
in the lead up to Christmas, uh, it's always nice um, to be able to sort of stock up on a few swaps or just because quite a few more things tend to need paying for. Um, you know, every little discount helps. And this is a great way to also try things that you haven't tried before. So enjoy the offers uh, and enjoy um, the uh, chat today with Eric Tyrone Brown all about dreams. I hope you you find it as fascinating as I do. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Alex. I am excited to have you here. Uh, we met originally at the Transition Bondi Dinners many, many years ago where a small uh, very like-minded community of people wanted to change things in our local communities and the world and ran these, uh, Lance used to run and Beatrice used to run these beautiful documentary evenings. And it was just so inspiring to find the people of the time because we were often quite alone. It wasn't a big groundswell like there is today. So it's beautiful to reconnect and to talk dreams today of which you are somewhat of an authority. I'm very excited because this is a subject people are so curious about. So welcome, Eric. And, um, and I, I want to start by asking you what got you into being fascinated about your dreams in the first place? Because obviously it must have been a personal awakening that made you want to share that with people. Yeah, I'll share that. And just really briefly, I want to just share an interesting note that just came to mind. And that's kind of full circle from when I met you back around 2011, 2012 in Australia what actually sent me to Australia from the US was a vision and then finally a dream that confirmed the timing of it. That's a whole other story, but here we are now <laughs> talking about dreams and we met on this literal dream journey I was on. I love it. Yeah, so what fascinated me about dreams and, and how I got into this was just as an early age, around four or five, I, that's the earliest memories of dreams I remember having. And dreams just always stood out to me as something fascinating as a kid. I didn't know what they were, but I realized that when I go to sleep, there's this whole other life happening. And so it really stuck out to me and throughout my whole childhood. And then when I was 14 in a physical bookstore, which are kind of far and few between right now, but a physical bookstore, I wasn't looking for a dream book, but I saw this book titled something about dreams. So I quickly grabbed it, fascinated by dreams. And that book really just opened Pandora's box for me gave me a little bit of tips and tools to, and actually educated me that you can actually learn from dreams. They're not just something random that's happening to us. And so that really set me on that trajectory. And so that was when I was 14, I'm 40 now. So I've been working with my dreams for quite, quite some time. Knowing that I work with dreams for myself, friends and family regularly would come to me throughout the years to help them interpret dreams. And I just love to do it to something I just enjoy. And so naturally, it just, just came really clear one day that I need to make this an offering and share it on a larger scale with the world and not just my inner circle. Mm, and so here have, I am today. <laughs> I know. And you have a fabulous course as well, which people can check out. So I think it, the first question as we dive into this topic is obviously going to be, what is a dream? Yeah. So dreams are many things. You know, it can be uh, the most common understanding of dreams, it's, just, it's something coming from the subconscious. But we can actually travel to real tangible places in existence, which if that sounds too far out there for some of us listening, that, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. But here's some interesting research that points to that. Um, for one, when people have a near-death experience or out-of-body experience, they experience themselves floating above their body and meeting with loved ones. So there's somewhere else they're going, somewhere that we don't necessarily usually see here in this, in this world we're existing in. And there's been research on dreams and lucid dreaming where people have picked a location, traveled to that location. These are people that don't know each other participating in a study that have then set their intention to go to a specific location. They've been able to meet up with the other participants in, this, in their dream state and recall the same experience that happened to, to, to all of them. Wow. And, yes. and they weren't physically there. No, they were physically in a controlled, in a controlled lab sleeping. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. were they told what the setup of connecting in this other place would be? You know, there's been where they've met in the physical world. So they'll say, like, let's meet at this location or this park, for example, just somewhere that's known. 
And then there's been times where people have experienced visiting somewhere that's not anywhere on Earth, that's in some other, let's call it dream world, or if you're familiar with the term astral world, which is just a, a non-physical, like a, uh, just a, yeah, I don't want to go too much into the weeds there, but physical and non-physical worlds. And so some people have gone and experienced things in these other worlds in their dream state, and other people have also been to these same places and experienced the same thing. And I've had this happen with someone I met recently. We've been to the same place in the dream world. And so there are places existing that we're not seeing with our human eye that are beyond our perception, but show up in dreams. And one cool example of this is the Egyptian word for dreams is raswet. And Egyptians saw dreams as when we're awake. They saw that our eyes are open when we're asleep. In our dream time, that's when our eyes are open. There's a language. And so they say that we could see behind the veil of the 3D world, behind the veil of the world we experience before coming and being birthed here. So there's, it's through ancient history and then more modern research. And, and I've had my own experiences that yes, there's real tangible places we go. And often those dreams that you might have that just feel a little bit more real, they, they really stand out It just felt so real. A lot of times that might be you're experiencing something beyond just your subconscious creation. How fascinating uh, and amazing that research is actually starting to be able to, uh, to help us piece this mystery together. Um, yeah. Wow. Cool. So cool. Okay. So um, I want to understand better um, what these different dream states are um, and whether they all kind of hold the same power or whether different dream states hold different levels of power for us um, in terms of how we access them, how we process them, what they end up signifying in our real lives. Yeah, you know, whether it's a, you know, your classic subconscious dream or a dream from a movie you watched the night before or perhaps, you know, meeting with a loved one in your dreams or maybe going somewhere possibly that's real and in existence outside of our, our human experience. It doesn't matter where we go. They all have equal, equal, equal credibility, equal, equal power. There okay. it is. Yeah. So there's always something to learn uh, from, from all of them. So no dream experience is better than the other. And yeah, there's so much we can learn even from those dreams that we have because of the movie watched. You know, a lot of times it's, most people think it's just because I watched that movie. No, because you watch that movie, there's some imagery in that movie that is connecting with the part of your subconscious. And so it's not necessarily the imagery, but the feelings that the imagery is evoking that we can go into a little bit more. Mm, no, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, so when the imagery is evoking something, what is it telling? Like, what do we know to do with it once we tune in? Okay, so the two main keys for interpretation, for self-empowered interpretation, and the reason I say self-empowered, because the most common thing for most of us to do, because we're not educated on dreams, is to go online and look up the dream symbol. Dream symbol, meaning anything that is in your dream is a dream symbol. That's the language. Or to look up a dream dictionary. Literally, there's dream dictionaries. But I recommend not doing any of those things and actually just tuning into yourself. And this is how you do that. So firstly, everything in your dream is, an, is a reflection of an aspect of yourself. So anything in your dream, it's a reflection of an aspect of yourself. So if you dream of a bee, for example, you would just reflect on what are the qualities of a bee? You know, when I think of a bee, when I think of a bee, not anyone else, what, what do I think about? What are my experiences with bees that stand out to me? or if this particular friend showed up in my dream, it's not necessarily that that was a psychic dream about that friend. Those could happen, of course. Uh, but generally, it's a reflection of an aspect of yourself. And you think, what does that friend represent to me? When I think of this friend, like what thoughts come to mind? What qualities come to mind? Oh, they're so, this person is so confident. Uh, this person is so creative. You know, and a quick example I had is I had a dream of a friend who is a full-time artist. And in that dream, the friend represented my creativity. And, and, and that, uh, when I realized the message of that dream, 
in, the, in that dream, my creativity was stagnant. I had disconnected from it. I, that day I went out and got art supplies. So now we're taking physical action from our dreams and we can actually apply those. So we've got everything as a reflection of an aspect of yourself. And the second piece is what thoughts and feelings did I have in the dream? So these are things that after you write down your dream in your journal, you want to write these down. So, okay, these are the things and people or places or whatever it was that stood out to me, just list those out and then the, reflect on the thoughts and feelings of each of those things. And here's the thoughts and feelings I have about them or the thoughts and feelings I had in the dream about them. Once you write these things down, you're going to start, as you see these words in your journal, a message is going to come out for you. You're going to see the message start to form. And then you can write that message out. Taking it another step further, once I write the message out, I like to turn that into some sort of, some sort of affirmation. And that affirmation is just kind of a, you know, it's a, I can, let's see, I can only go up. I'm supported. I'm just giving a quick example. You can really simplify the message of your dream into something that's an affirmation. You can then repeat to yourself, put it somewhere. You're going to see it throughout the day, every day. This is how we're now integrating the dream, the wisdom we gain from our dreams into our daily life. Mm. Amazing. And have you got an example of uh, a time that you've done this? Um, I know you mentioned the creativity block. I think that's really interesting. Um, but when you had like a, a sort of quite a dark dream or a scarier dream and what, how you were able to then uh, process that and create an affirmation around that, turn it into something good, you know? Yeah. So here's, um, here's one. Okay. I just scanned my database. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going on in there. Uh, so in this dream, I was in a house and there was a wolf in the house and I was terrified of this wolf because it's a wolf. It's a wild wolf. And so I thought this wolf's going to eat me. So I did my best to like get it out of the house and close the door immediately behind it. And the door I closed was a glass door. So I could still see the wolf. And the moment I closed the door, the wolf sat down and looking straight at me and just growled at me. It was like, <laughs> but this, this growl wasn't a growl that was one that was aggressive. I could tell this growl was one of, of uh, almost like the wolf was annoyed at me. Not that the wolf wanted to eat me. And I realized this now seeing this growl, I could tell like, oh, this wolf's a bit mad at me. <laughs> and, and so then I woke up from that dream. And now this is some kind of adding another little tip that's coming through this dream. And you can actively go back into your dreams. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. Yeah, so I've done that, that a few times. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yep. So, so then I realized after waking up what this was. I reflected on the wolf and for me wolf is a recurring theme in my dreams wolf is one of my power animals just an, uh, an animal that that represents my inner power so even though i was scared of it in this dream when i woke up i realized that was me the house representing me representing home myself kicking it out of myself pushing my power out afraid of my power afraid of the wolf so when i went back into the dream i opened the door I let the wolf in and now actually I took it a step further. This is from my shamanic studies. And that is, I actually then sat down like a dog and then imagine the wolf actually stepping into me and us merging as one. So, so then by now you're doing this awake. Uh, I, you, yeah. But yeah. I closed my eyes and went back into it. Visualized. Okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Visualized it. So you then yeah, so start to control the outcome of the dream state. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you, sometimes you might actually really just slip back into the dream fully. You know, and if not, that's okay. You just visualize it. And you can do this with any dream. Scary dream you have, you want to change the outcome. Just visualize yourself back into it. Then you don't have to carry that feeling throughout the day because sometimes those feelings you wake up with can just carry throughout the day as if they really happened. Because to the mind, it, it feels just as real. So visualizing yourself back into the dream, having a new empowered experience, and then carrying that empowered feeling throughout the day. Now that empowered feeling is actually helping you throughout the day. It's actually helping us to heal and to, 
just really be in our fullest selves. Mm. So could it be said that you, um, that a, a bad dream could actually be a tool for you to address some sort of a fear or uh, a, a weakness that you might be experiencing in your wake state um, and to help you in that part of your life? using the bad dream as a positive because you can then visualize change outcomes, et cetera, helps you then overcome something in your real life. Yeah, totally. You said, you said the word. So yeah, yeah. a bad dream is actually good. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's yeah. actually bringing something to the fore that you, you can work on and should that's, work on. Yeah. It's usually a limiting belief or thought pattern that's been running for a while and, and that we're actually better off without. So it's going to show up in the dreams uh, to just bring it to our attention. And so instead of just continuing to have these nightmares, now let's actually take a look at them. Let's apply this, you know, what's the re- what is the reflection of me and the, the things that are happening in this dream and what are the thoughts and feelings in the dream and then seeing where can I connect these feelings that I had in the dream to my waking reality. Oh, it's this situation at work. Oh, it's this situation with this person. Oh, it's my beliefs around pursuing this project, whatever it is, you'll, you'll be able to apply it to something. And now Mm. we're making progress. Hmm. Cool. Uh, And can you share a time in your life, or maybe it's an anecdote about a student you've worked with um, where uh, a really powerful shift has occurred in starting to work with bad in inverted commas dreams in this way? Yeah. And let's see for, let's see scan something here and see for me really i'll just share my personal and that just that it's it's empowering to realize that that these dreams these bad dreams are nothing to be afraid of it's and this is actually for my students as well this applies is that the most common thing is that nightmares oh is that going to happen there's this fear that comes in is should i be worried is this something that, is this a psychic dream? And generally these are not, most of the time these are not. If it's, a, if it's nightmare, it's usually not a prophetic or psychic dream. And for one, that alone removes the fear out of these nightmares. And then just again, applying the messages and learning from them. And, you know, as far as touching on this too with psychic dreams. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do we know the difference? Yeah, because that connects. So, uh, you might have a dream where you maybe you you're riding your bicycle and you crashed. Yeah. And you reflect on the dream. Okay. In that dream, there was a turn coming. I was going way too fast. I was rushed. I was, I felt like I was going to miss out, you know, and then, okay, let's apply this to my waking life. I had this dream where I had this crash and this is what I was feeling. Ah, yeah. Very clear. This is, this is how I'm feeling about this thing I want to do. I'm trying to push it. I'm trying to force it. Think I'm going to miss out, um, but the dream is showing you this. In this sense, this dream is a bit of a prophetic dream. Not saying that that's going to happen. It's just saying this could happen if you keep pushing the way you're pushing and not taking time for yourself. For example, that you could have a crash, and that could be a crash in quotes. That could be you just get sick, you just have a mental breakdown, or or you literally crash your bike. So so that's where it's showing you what could happen if you keep with this pattern. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hope I articulated that all right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what are some of the common basic significances? Like, you know, uh, you see them in dream diaries um, and uh, dictionaries. Um, and I, I get that you're saying we should sit with our dreams and not go straight to the dictionary. I actually really like that piece of advice because it helps us start to take ownership of what's going on. Um, but surely there are some pretty common themes that play out for people and the significance of them in their wake states. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, when I say I like to not look up these dream symbols, um, that it's not a hard, hard rule, but it's, it's just to create that habit first or to break the habit of looking outside and looking in when looking within and reflecting on our dreams like this, this actually helps to strengthen our intuition. So it's, it's a practice, you know, it's, it's not something you might just get overnight. 
you know, it's a practice, but it's a fun one. And if you do find yourself getting stuck, I just don't know what that dragon represented. Just don't know, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then, then go with that. You know, if you feel called to look up dragons, go for it, look up dragons. And there's going to be many different definitions depending on where you land on the internet, but you're likely to find the one that connects with you. And if not, just, just disregard it. Just take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Um, so it's not a hard rule. Um, and let's see, you were just saying, I'm just trying to see, I just diverted a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, it's the, okay. Um, it was more about just kind of some of the main themes that can come up again and again, like classic dreams. Yeah. Common themes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So one of the common themes is water or even let's go even more specific tsunamis, massive waves. And this is again, a lot of time when these like natural disaster type dreams happen, a lot of people go into fear that this is a warning. Again, usually they're not. So usually like a, a big tidal wave, for example, is usually, and I say usually, could be different for you, tune into that specific dream, but usually it's representing something like big change, a wave of change, uh, a big emotions you're experiencing, a wave of emotions. And let's see, another one would be running from something. Mm. I had a, I had a recurring dream when I was a kid. Every time I got a fever, I would have the same dream, which would be I was running on a horse track and all the horses were catching up to me. And like, so the feeling that I would then be consumed by this pack of horses. Um, and I didn't have a fear of horses in my wake state. No, I, and I, it, but I was running for my life wow. to try and get away from these horses feels like a powerful dream. I mean, even as kids, we have these really powerful. Mm. I remember it. I'm never going to forget that because it was literally every single time I had a fever. Oh, wow. That's mm. wild. That's yeah. Wild. There's a question. Yeah. So running from something is, is often you know, something that we're avoiding in life. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's usually pretty transparent, pretty straightforward like that. So running dream, it's like, okay, what am I running away from in life? What am I avoiding? And yeah, it usually doesn't take too much time to find what that is. Interesting. I'm going to spend some time thinking about that. Um, yeah. I have, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I'll share another one. And that's like a dream of maybe you have a dream of a kid. And the kid may, may or may not look like you, but often when you dream of a kid, it's representing a, your inner child. It might even specifically be that specific time period. Oh, this kid was about seven. This kid was about 15, you know, um, it could be that time period in your life and connected to. So now you can see, okay, these are the thoughts and feelings I had in that dream. Here's the aspects of what, you know, the symbols meant for me. And then now apply that to the age of that kid and yourself and see if you find something that time period that might still be affecting you today. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So I had a dream where, or actually, this was not a dream. I had, a, I actually had a remote control toy car when I was a kid, uh, really young, and it got broke on the same day I got it. And as a kid, that was, that was terrifying. Oh. That was not terrifying, <laughs> but that like was the just, worst thing that, that could happen. It was, was horrible. Yeah, it was a bad experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And something as simple and little and trivial as that can actually have an impact on us that we still carry. Wow, really? And, and so I've had dreams of that experience come up and I've cleared, since cleared that and visualized and revisited that dream in my visualization and saw my, saw that experience happen. And then me having the awareness of the now me, the kidney, and just like, Oh, that's okay. We'll just get a new one. No big deal. Mm. Had a more empowered experience of it. Relived that dream or really relived that experience. That's so interesting. So something that just comes to mind right now that my son shared with me recently, he's 11 now, but um, when he was four, uh, we had had a series of tests um, and the doctor recommended that we just, because there were a couple of parasites, she wanted to take out gluten and dairy for a little bit, just give the digestive system every possible chance at um at being not stressed just in case there might be an intolerance while we sort out this um, 
these bugs. And, uh, and apparently, so I call the preschool and I just say, look, I've just had this, so I just wanted to talk to the chef and just um, let her know that I'm happy to bring in, you know, special crackers, different yogurt, whatever. Um, but apparently they, they really took it very seriously quickly headed straight over to the table where all the kids were having their afternoon tea. And my son, who I think it was a special day, they were having some sort of a, an ice cream that had like a cone. Um, and so it was gluten and dairy. And the, um, the well-meaning teacher takes it away from him mid-ice cream. And, um, and so he's telling me this. And it obviously has nothing to do with dreams, but it's a memory of something that happened in his childhood um, where something got taken away from him, something special that everyone else got to continue enjoying. And I wonder whether that then set off a, an imprint of I'm missing out um, because I see like little clues sometimes. He's a very healthy, very well-adjusted kid, but I just see little clues every now and then. Uh, of that. And um, it wasn't until he shared that with me the other day. And then you talking about the significance of these imprints that made me think, huh, I can now go back with him in time. And we can see that as this incredible caring person who eliminated a potential danger and was doing one of the best things that you could have possibly been done for at that time in your life. Um, and, uh, how amazing is that person? What a gift that situation was, um, to help you feel your best and, you know, like to, so what you're talking about is making me think, um, we can use that same principle on, um, our history in general and, and things that have like, like your toy car stopping working on the day you got it. Yeah. So, yeah, so our, and this is where using dreams as a healing tool and transformation reality. And so any of these experiences that happen in our waking experience are going to show up in our dreams. If it's something that's affecting us, it's, it's in our dreams. And, so, and we can even ask our dreams for a specific message. You know, we're like, oh, I'd love some clarity around this or that. And, and, and when just, do we ask that? Do we ask when we're going to bed? When you're going to bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just have a looseness around it. If you don't, don't think you received the dream that night. You know, don't get frustrated. Just, just let it go. Set the intention again. Just have a gentle, soft intention. And knowing that if that information is relevant for you, you'll get it at the right time. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. So you know, cool. I, yeah. You know, I want to share a couple of little stories about uh, just a couple of brief little things about the power of dreams in ancient cultures. Yeah, please do. That work because I just love geeking out on this topic. And it just really to inspire everyone that if you're not keeping a dream journal to start one tonight. And, and so I mentioned the Egyptian word for dreams, Raswet, to be awake. They saw dreams as a time when our eyes are opened. And Egyptians and ancient Greeks had what are called sleep temples. And sleep temples or dream temples were what they would do is use dreams as the primary diagnostic tool, diagnostic tool. Wow. So a patient would come into these dream temples or sleep temples and they would sleep there, have their dreams, share their dreams with the practitioners. The, the dreams would be interpreted and they would use that to determine what healing needed to take place. This is ancient Greece and ancient Egyptians. Both had these. They were, I forget the name, maybe Hemotep, I forget exactly the name of this Egyptian being, but the same person set him up in Egypt in Greece. It was the same, same person did that. Native Americans, many Native American cultures in the US, North America actually, um, saw dreams as tools to help them overcome their personal fears and limitations, but also as a guiding tool for their community. So they would share their dreams with the community if it felt like something that might benefit everyone. Uh, there's also the Ashwar people of the Amazon. Ashwar people, they're known as a dreaming culture. They've been labeled a dreaming culture. So every morning they share their dreams and drink Wayusa tea as they share their dreams. Wayusa tea actually being one of those herbs that helps you with dream recall. Uh, so there's so many different ancient stories and cultures, but I'll share a couple other little fun ones now that are more modern times. So there have been Nobel Prizes won from dreams. Um, one I'll share was Niels Bohr. He was a physicist. 
and he discovered the structure of an atom in a dream. So it was something that he was trying to solve, you know, he's trying to figure out. And then he had a dream one night that he was sitting on the burning gaseous sun as the planets hissed around him in circles. He woke from that dream and in his physicist mind realized, aha, this is the structure of an atom. The same that the planets revolve around the sun, electrons revolve around the nucleus of an atom. And then he can later confirm that and got a Nobel Prize for it. Wow. Yeah, there's other stories like that, but here's just a couple. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I share these stories is really just to inspire everyone, like to like, start paying attention to your dreams. Yeah, if that doesn't... Chest. Every night, a treasure chest. If that doesn't Any, tell us what the potential <laughs> is, that's, I don't know what does. That's right. Hmm. I'm, expecting, I, I'm expecting a couple of Nobel Prizes from the Lotox community after, in the coming years. <laughs> yes, they're coming. Yeah. So sorry, you were going to say any limitations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any limitations we're experiencing, any goals we want to accomplish, whether it's something we want to manifest or some state of being that we want to embody, the dreams are showing us everything we need to know to, to get to those things. And, and using other healing modalities, dreams is a, a complementary of any other healing work you're doing, any other spiritual practices you have. It's just a complementary piece to add to everything. And so here's just a couple more, uh, more modern, even more modern uh, stories with dreams. Okay, so Stephanie Meyer, she's, she's become a, an epic novelist. She wrote the, the series Twilight, which became the Twilight. So she had a dream of a vampire boy with sparkly skin sitting in a meadow, having a conversation with a human girl. She wrote that dream down and she said in an interview with Oprah that she had no intention when she wrote down the dream to write a novel, she had no idea that was going to happen. She just wanted to remember the dream. And now we all, from that dream to this epic series that most of the world is, is aware of, that's, that's pretty uh, monumental. Also, um, here's just a quiz for anyone listening. <laughs> the Navi people of the planet Pandora. So if you're a geek like me, sci-fi geek, the Navi people of the planet Pandora. That's the movie Avatar. So the blue extraterrestrial beings from the movie Avatar, it was from a dream that not James Cameron had, but that his mother had. Oh, wow. Meeting. Yes, James Cameron's mother had a dream. She met with a 12-foot-tall, blue-skinned woman. Huh. And shared that dream with James Cameron, and he made that the star of his, of his movies, the characters, inspired the movies, the characters. Wow. Yeah, and there, there's so many more, like the Frankenstein, the, the old the old story of Frankenstein. That was written um, uh, by a, a woman in a dream. She had a dream of this character, a nightmare of this character. She turned her nightmare into Frankenstein. And now it's, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, it's something that's kind of lived through time. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, it came to me in a dream is a pretty well-known phase. And yeah. I think that tells us really all we need to know that there's a lot of potential in our dreams. Yeah. And uh, the last one, yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Mm. <laughs> That's that by the Beatles. Paul McCartney had a dream of that melody and he woke up, he says he woke up, went straight from his bed to his piano from that dream and composed the rest of the song. And then as the Beatles, they completed it together. Wow. I didn't know that one. And I'm a Beatles geek. So uh -huh. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So thanks for letting me rant on that. And no, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And these are the things that help people realize this isn't just, um, you know, hippie, woo woo, uh, online stuff that um, spiritual awake people talk about. Um, this is actually, uh, it should take uh, pride in place in our lives. We should hold space for our dreams in, uh, and hold them in regard in a, a powerful way, not as something to go, oh, I had a bad dream or I had the best dream and that's it. You know, it, it, there's so much more to them. Definitely. And I think in a perfect world, this would be taught to kids in school. Mm. I can see a future where that happens. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's, just, it's what makes sense to yeah. teach us how to use this tool. Mm. Absolutely. And so for people who struggle to remember their dreams, 
How can we actually uh, work on that a bit better? Yeah, for one, just getting the dream journal. Mm -hmm. I usually like to say having a dedicated dream journal because you might have a regular day-to-day journal. But by having a dedicated dream journal, at least in the beginning, to get you remembering your dreams, you're going to have that by your bed. So when you go to bed at night, you're going to see it there. When you wake up, you're going to see it there. It's like a physical trigger to remember, to remind you to start remembering your dreams. Just having that alone can do that. Uh, And then once you actually start journaling your dreams, then you'll see it's like you open the floodgates. You might start experiencing you might start remembering three, four, five, six, or more dreams in one night. My record, and I've met one other person who had the same record, is 12 <gasps> night. In one night. Do you dream and, every single night and remember? Yeah, them? and we all do. Uh, I don't necessarily always remember every single night, but most nights I do. I don't remember that many dreams on the regular. My average, I'll usually remember anywhere from one to three dreams from the night, but we're all having many dreams in a night. But there can be just times where you remember a whole handful of dreams and you can write them all down. And if you don't have time to write those dreams down, open up the recorder voice memo on your phone and just get them down that way. You can mm. revisit it. I've done that a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So dream journal. Uh, then two, of course, is intentions. Just setting the intention before you go to bed. Um, another one is substances. So like drugs, alcohol are known to suppress REM sleep. REM sleep stands for rapid eye movement. It's that time when you might see your dog or cat sleeping and you can tell their eyes are moving behind their eyelids and they're maybe running in the air. That's when we're dreaming, is during our REM sleep. So substances can suppress us from having that. And so when you take a break, if you're having like an evening glass of wine and you're not remembering your dreams, try going three days without that glass of wine and see if your dreams come back. And if not, just give it more time. My most recent student, it took her five days mm. after the fifth, at the, yeah, fifth day. And then she remembered three dreams that first night. Yeah. And then, I mean, some of the um, chronic conditions um, deplete our REM sleep, like uh, stress, high cortisol, uh, too much blue screen time in the evening, so not enough melatonin to kick up the levels to get into different phases of sleep. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot we can look at if we're not dreamers or not rememberers of our dreams to actually start um, having a more regular dream experience that we can remember and start working with. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up stress because that actually connects to the next one I was going to share. Oh, cool. And- yeah, completely. So that's onerogens, which are dream herbs. So onerogens is a Greek word. Oneros for dreams, gens to create. So herbs that create dreams. Uh, and one of them is chamomile. It doesn't necessarily actually help us to recall dreams, but it helps us to relax. So if there's stress in the way, it's going to help us to relax. So chamomile tea before bed is one of them. Uh, Wayusa, which I mentioned to Ashwar people, they're the ones that actually discovered that as a dreamer, is the Ashwar people of Amazon. Um, so there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, you can research online how to take them. Uh, and also, if you're pregnant or on any like prescription medications, you want to check because there are some of these dream herbs out there that are not compatible with pregnancy. So you definitely want to look into that. Um, and the last one is body position. So if you wake up on your left side, for example, and you remember your dreams when you wake up and you roll over to turn off your alarm and grab your journal and you forgot your dreams in a split second, roll back over to the position you woke up in. And a lot of times your dream will come back. Same oh, wow. concept. Yeah. Same concept of retracing your steps. If you're familiar with that, you get up to do something, you forgot what you were going to do. You mm-hmm. just take a few steps back. Sometimes that memory comes back. That is so cool. And oh, wow. I, I, um, I'm really looking forward to trying that one because sometimes I do forget my dream straight away and I just move on really fast, um, but I'm totally going to try and reconnect, get back into the same position. I think, yeah, I wonder whether we we might even like um, intuitively do that with the good dreams um, without even realising that's what we're doing, like going back into that position, oh, take me back. But maybe with bad dreams, we're like, no, I'm done. You've shared a whole bunch of tips and really interesting anecdotes, stories, history. And I feel like to finish 
up today, I would love for people to have a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a plan for what we can do, taking us into this new phase of our lives where we're more connected to our dreams. Uh, and it's okay if you've said a couple of the things already. For me, it's more about it all kind of um, helping us use today's conversation and apply it in life rather than go, oh, that was interesting, and then not do anything. Okay, yeah, so here's a little little package of what we can you can now take and run with and start working on this. So for one is to start a dream journal if you haven't already. And then touching on those tips again for interpretation, you want to write these down. And that is what does blank represent to me? So you have a dream, everything's reflection of an aspect of yourself. So just write down whatever thoughts come to mind when you think of those things that you experience in your dream or those people. The second piece to recap is the thoughts and feelings you had during the dream. You write those down. So just that alone will get you going with your dreams and just keep setting the intention each night and have fun with it. And likely after even just listening to this, you might start experiencing more dreams because now dreams are in your consciousness. Yeah, I love that. So good. Uh, Eric, thank you so much. This was such an interesting conversation. I've, I've always connected to my dreams when they've been really obvious or tried to understand them better. But I feel like now after talking to you, I have much more of an idea of what's going on. And I know the guys out there listening today will as well. Uh, we can connect with you on the website. We've put all of your details up on the show notes for people who are interested to take their dream exploration and connection work further. And I want to say thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social, on Instagram, at Life or one word, or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life uh, and of course, lotoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a Lotox Life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Lotox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about 29.30 US, about 27 euro and about 25 pounds, you get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lotoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.